What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, stand-up comedian Joe Kilgallen. How the fuck are we? Happy goddamn New Year. Happy 2023 to you and yours. Hope it's been a good one for you. Hope you had a great holiday season. I took a little break. I took the week off in between Christmas and New Year's. I was planning on doing it, but man, that week throws you off. Is there anything more of a like a mind fuck? Not really mind fuck, but like it just there's no reality in that week. The week between I'm sorry, the time between Christmas Day and New Year's Day is just it feels like everyone should just be wearing pajama pants the whole week. I feel like showers are optional. Um, sex is a must. I feel like there's just a lot to, you know, it's, there's just no sense of reality there. You're like, all right, we just had Christmas and all of that. That was fun. That was great. I'm feeling holly. I'm feeling jolly. Now what do we do? Okay. We're expected to work. You want me to work on December 27th? Eat shit and die. How about that? How about you do that? How about you eat my balls? Because that just doesn't make sense. And that's why I became a comedian. So I wouldn't have to work during that week. Because if I had a boss and my boss like, oh, I need you to come in on December 26th. I'd be like, I need you to go to fucking hell. That's what I need, man. Who are you to tell me to work during this week? It's like nothing's productive happening. Right? There's no deadlines. You know, imagine if someone said, hey, I got a big meeting. We all got to get together on December 28th. You'd be like, I hope we all fail. I hope this plan fails. I hope the job fails. Why? Why can't you wait until January 3rd? Can't you be a normal person? Can't you sense that none of us want to do anything? Don't you know I got a fridge full of leftovers and new toys to play with? I'm wearing fresh underwear, brand new undies. And you expect me to show up to an office? An office. One of the worst places in human history. Cubicles and fluorescent lighting and people you would never associate with, but you have to because you work with them. That's I'm wearing brand new underwears and socks this whole week. And you want me to show up to that fucking shit pile of misery? I think not. I will not do that. I will not participate. So I hope you guys enjoyed that time. So I, like the rest of you, was like, you know what? Week off the podcast. I can't be podcasting this week. Also, I totally didn't know what day was what. It was, I remember talking to my wife and she's like, don't you do the podcast normally? And I'm like, what day is it? She's like, it's Tuesday night. It's Tuesday. I'm like, no, I normally do it Monday. And today's two. it's Tuesday. I had no idea it was a Tuesday. I didn't even know it was New Year's Eve until someone was like, oh, we going out tonight? And I'm like, for what? New Year's Eve. I'm like, oh, that's right. And I did go out. I had a great show at the Laugh Factory Chicago. Over 300 people completely sold out, packed to the brim. Wonderful audience. Uh, Great lineup of comedians. Everyone all dressed up, dialed up, looking their best, trying to say peace out 2022, 2023. I'm going to make you my bitch. That was the mentality. Those were the vibes in the room that night. And it was a lot of excitement in the air. And uh, your boy brought it. You guys know me, I'm very shy, and I don't really like to boast and brag about my performances as a comedian, but you know what? I made chicks wet and dicks erect, is what I did. Uh, I saw an audience full of people who needed me, and I needed them. We needed each other, and in that moment, we were one, and it was uh, was magical. It really was, and when I finished my last joke, I started to walk off the stage, but then about 15 people came up and carried me. They carried me off the stage and out of the club. And then when they put me to my feet, I said, you know, I wasn't really planning on going home right now. I kind of wanted to hang out at the club. There's another show for this. I was just on the eight o'clock. I'm not on the 1030 show, but I, I have friends on the 1030 show. They're coming by. I'd like to say hello to them. I'm not really sure why you guys carried me out. And they were like, yeah, we fucked that one up. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's, hey, it's no one's fault. 
It's no one's fault. We all, you know, you made a commitment, you made a choice, and I respect that. You followed it through. I figured once you carried me out of the showroom, you just let me out at the bar. But you guys were just, you just kept kept carrying on. Sometimes that's what you got to do in life. You got to carry on. That last part's bullshit. But everything before that was real. They didn't carry me out. But one day, that's how I would like my, my final performance. A lot of comedians don't really know when their final performance is going to be. You know, the, you figure the ones that are the quitters, uh, they just, no one gives a shit about their final performance. Or they're really good. They're just frustrated. And people go, oh, what a bummer, you know. But there's enough there's enough writing on the wall where they were kind of like, ah, that was kind of a bummer to be around these last few weeks. But I would like to be one of those ones, you know. The guys on the wall behind me, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. I don't know if Richard Pryor had a final performance. He was pretty sick at the end. Carlin, I know, was going. He's one of those guys who's like, I'm going to perform until, until I'm dead, until I can't perform anymore. So I'm sure he'd even know his final performance. I would like to know. I think I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have to plan that out. I'd like to go into my 60s, but maybe on my 65th birthday, because that's when Social Security kicks in. I'll be like, that's it for me. I don't need to keep going. You know, some people keep going way past their expiration date. I think it's important to know when to walk away. We have to know that in life. You guys all know, <clears throat> excuse me. I was a two-time fantasy football champion and then retired. Said goodbye to fantasy football. And I'm, I'm happier for it. You know, I was like, it's time to pass the torch on to a new generation of would-be champions. All right. Um, I hope you did have a good new year and a good Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Uh, mine was tough this year with my dad, um, you know, passing. Ah, it's almost been a year. Uh, this up, it's, it's now today's January 2nd. And um, you're listening to this on January 3rd, hopefully. Uh, this at the end of this month, January 27th will be one year since my father unexpectedly passed away, uh, age of 67, just went to sleep, didn't wake up, totally sucks. Um, and it's still, it's still, it's still, it's still bad. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you get better, you know what I mean? Um, but like, you know, you don't get over it. You really don't ask anyone who's lost a parent or a loved one that was super close to him. I mean, when you lose a parent at 97 or even one when they've been sick for a long, long time, it's still, I'm still sure there's you know, just something that's taken away from you. You lose a piece of you. Um, but, you know, when it's just a complete shock, it sucks. But you guys know me. I wanted to be positive. I wanted this podcast to be something that people get a kick out of, you know, be entertaining, if not entertaining, informative. Uh, that's the stuff I like to do. So um, we did make the best of it, having two sons that are five and three, watching them wake up Christmas morning and look at each other and be like, Santa came and be all jacked up. You, uh, those are just moments you'll never forget. And, um, and it's great. It's really great. So that's what I'm, I'm going to try to keep that going this year. I'm going to try my best in 2023. I'm not big on resolutions. I believe people or those are set up to fail, but I believe in making changes, but you should always start. You don't need a calendar start, start today. You know, sometimes you got to look in the man in the mirror. You got to start with him. Michael Jackson said that. And I, I I'm going to give as much as I can. I really want to try to be. A guy that people are like, man, that motherfucker helped me. He helped you. He helped me too. You know, I'm going to be the Ferris Bueller of stand-up comedy. I'm going to be the Ferris Bueller of my world. If you guys don't know the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's one of the best movies of all time. It's a real feel-good movie made in 1986. John Hughes movie. And it's a dude who's just like everyone loves him. That's one of the quotes in the movie where the secretary is like, well, the, the jocks, the dweebs, the nerds, the brains, the motorheads, the dickheads, the dickheads um the stoners the this the that you know the goths you know she names like every list of a clique you could be in in high school they all adore him 
they think he's a righteous dude. And that's my, what I want from 2023. If I do that, all the other shit will fall. All the other stuff will come my way. That's what I truly believe in. Um, I do think New Year's Eve is overrated though. Uh, I thank the people who did come out to see me at the laugh factory. You guys were great, but man, I don't know. Um, it's not overrated. Look, it's, it's for 18 to 24. I've decided 25 ish as far as going out to bars and stuff. Now, if you go to a good house party, you get together with some family, you keep it chill. That's fun. And then I, I had a fun new year's Eve in that regard, but um, I just see these people and they just put their hopes on it. They get so amped up beginning of December. Hey, what are you doing for new year's Eve? Are we getting new year's Eve plans? Oh my God. I know this great place. Um, it's $150 from nine to nine 45 uh, bottom shelf liquor. It's going to be the best. It's like, that sounds horrible. And why am I friends with you? still? my new year's resolution is less of you. You know, there's, I don't know what it is. I feel like people just think like it's the last party of the year. You got to go crazy. But then again, it's like a fucking, I really do think it's one of those days that it's for people who don't understand that you could drink on a Tuesday. You know, I got work on Wednesday. Oh, grow the fuck up. If you're in your twenties, you need to get drunk on a weekday here or there. I'm not saying make a habit of it, but you need to. Okay, you owe it to your future self. You can't be too responsible in your 20s. I'm sorry, if you're 20s, yeah, if you got a look, if you're a doctor, of course, but like you got yourself an average job, even above average. Say you're making, you're 26, you're making, I don't know, $70,000 a year. That's great, right? That's good for a 26 year old. You owe it to yourself, though, to take a Tuesday, take, cut out work early on a Wednesday and get yourself a fucking nice buzz. You do, you owe that to yourself. Because the people who do that, they don't go crazy for New Year's Eve acting like it's the only party of the year. And if they don't go crazy on New Year's Eve, the whole year was a waste. Don't be that person. You're not going to salvage a shitty year by going crazy on December 31st. All right? You don't turn into a pumpkin at midnight. You know, it's just a countdown to the next day. And if you miss it, say you were like, I had to bartend. Well, then get fucking crazy a couple nights later and count down to the next day. You can count down to any day you want. That's all. That's all people really get pumped for. People love, Americans in particular, we love a good countdown. That's why all of our sports, the clocks go down. As much as I like soccer, the clock going up could be a little anticlimactic sometimes. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's something to think about there. All right. Here's something I want to talk about. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to a new show. It's not a new show. It's been on for, I think, a couple seasons now. Uh, but I just started watching like four episodes in. And that's the new thing I'm going to be doing this year. I'm going to be giving recommendations, right? Because I think we got to share the good times. You find something good, you share it. Whether it's a good album, good movie new comedian or old comedian or just any new piece of something cool. Let's share the cool. I like that patent pending, share the cool trademark pending. I'm gonna make it a thing. The show is called Shorzy. Only like a handful of episodes in. I've been watching on Hulu. Fucking fantastic. From the same dude who created Letter Kenny, which is also a really funny show. So it's Canadian as fuck, which I love. I love Canadians. I have never, ever in my life had a bad time with a Canadian. Canadians and Australians, two groups. I've never not had anything but a tits up good time. I don't know what it is about those people. I don't know. They're, you know what I've realized too? Not only are they super polite, they're, they got your back. They're loyal. I've noticed that about them. You know what I mean? But they also get excited very easily. Canadians. I feel like if you could just tell them something simple, you know, if they're like, hey, what are you going to do tonight? I'm like, I think I might just play it and stand and play some video games. Oh, fucking video games, eh? Like, they get like, oh, I've, I'll, you know, move over. I'll grab some bench next to you and fucking hit the buttons. Let's do it. And you're just like, wow, I just told you a simple thing. And here you are. Just you made my night even better. That's what they do. They get very pumped up. Uh, Canadian women, beautiful. 
uh, I, I, not to brag, but I used to, I used to hang out with a lot of Canadians. Um, I was friends with some Canadian hockey players, uh, Stanley cup champion, Dave Bolin, Stanley cup champion, Ben eager, uh, the late great Ray Emery, Daniel Carcillo, uh, Brent Seabrook would be around us sometimes. Um, some really good dudes. I met a bunch of the, the guys, they were on the Blackhawks, like 2010, 2013 era. And then met a bunch of dudes um, who played on the team last year. Really good guys. Kirby Doc, Dylan Strom, um, Seth Jones, probably missing a handful of names. Patrick Kane's been, uh, you know, in the mix a few times. Don't really know him though. Uh, just been like, Hey, what up dude? Like that kind of thing. Did go to Jonathan Taves uh, condo. At, at one of the after parties after the Blackhawks won the cup in 2013. I got to party with the Stanley cup. When the Blackhawks won in 2013, my boy Boland scored the game-winning goal. When they flew back into O'Hare at like 6 in the morning, they brought the cup to this bar called the Scout, which is no longer around. I missed that place. I used to go there all the time. Then I moved to L.A. So when I come back from L.A., I'd visit there a few times, but then I just lost connection, and it sucks. I really wish I would have gone there a few more times because now it's gone, and it's and I miss it. Um, shout out to Chris Bravos. If you ever come across this great dude, he owned the place. So the they bring the Stanley Cup right there. The whole team shows up. And it was phenomenal. And only if you were in the know, which I was in the know, did you get to be there. And fuck, man, it was just, it was a scene. It was an absolute scene. It was great. And so that whole week I got to party with him. Got to party with it with Calvin Harris, the guy who's like the DJ dude from Scotland that does a lot of, you know, um, what it was song that Rihanna song. Um, I found love in a hopeless place. You know what I mean? I can't sing. I was going to sing, but it's all like, it's like, wing, wing, wing. I can't do the sounds either. I'm not a DJ. I have no real music ability at all. I could play three songs on the drums and a couple on the guitar, but it was, it was great. And those dudes were all fucking hilarious. I love Canadian slang. They're like, you know, I remember when every town I remember texting me like, Hey, what's going on tonight? He's like, Oh, we're coming over here. Get, get your ass out of here. Pussy dick. And I'm like, just call me pussy dick. I don't understand what that means. Does that mean my dick likes pussy? Cause it does. Like, what is it? What's the, anyway, it was just funny. You know what I mean? They just had like funny lines like that. I remember being like, what was going on with that one dude? He's like, ah, oh, the fucking twerp chirping me. I'm like, chirping? You say chirping? Like, we say talking shit. As Americans, we're like, that guy's talking shit, talking trash. They say that guy's chirping. Look at this fucker chirping me over here. I'm like, I love that. Uh, fun dudes. They take their French fries, dip it in gravy. I love Canadians. I do. I really am a big fan of that whole culture. They seem to be, um, I don't know, fucking just uneasily nice. And just great. They seem like grateful people. Um, it never has to be complicated around them. I've always felt like certain times it's like, let's just grab drinks and hang out in someone's backyard as the snow's coming. Like they're, you know, they like the cold. Uh, hardworking dudes too. I feel like it's like they got that mentality. If you're going to do something, fucking do it. Put some energy into it. Um, total ball busting culture. I love any ball busting culture. Uh, America has it in certain areas. Uh, Boston, New York, they seem to be ball busters, Philly, Chicago, the cities with cold weather. It must be a cold weather thing. Um, Ireland, Scotland, ball busters, the English ball bust. Um, I'm sure the Welsh do. French do not ball bust as far as I know. Uh, Scandinavians, maybe, maybe. I don't know enough about how Scandinavians interact with each other. Because never I've met them. There's only been a couple of them and they're around a bunch of Americans because they're visiting. I'm going to have to go to Scandinavia one day and find out how they how they uh, interact with one another. Australians, I feel like they do a little bit too, but they're almost too blessed with that goddamn weather. That Australian weather is a, is a gift, but they all have the blood of people who are criminals or come from colder places. <laughs> is that still a thing? Does that offend you, Australians, when someone say you have criminal blood? 
for those of you who don't know, Australia was a penal colony for Great Britain. Uh, they would send their criminals there. So that's why a lot of Australians look like Scottish, English, and Irish people because all the criminals got sent over there. There's a movie called Ned Kelly with Heath Ledger as the star. Look that up, Ned Kelly. Movie was pretty good. I think this the story of the guy's better. He's like an Australian outlaw who was uh, either from Ireland or represented Irish people. Because I remember in the in the movie, he was kind of like our fucking ancestors, you know, that kind of shit. Uh, so anyway, all right. Check out the show Shorzy. It's it's like Letter Kenny. If you've never seen Letter Kenny, check that out. It's a lot of quick talking, uh, fun Canadian slang and insulting each other. And I like dialogue driven shows where they're kind of like, fuck the story. Is it funny? It's funny. Then let's make it funny. Let's focus on that. Seinfeld always had great stories, but they would also have scenes that didn't drive the story. Now, what I mean by that is I've read several screenplay writing books, some with television oriented too. And every one of these books will always tell you that every scene needs to drive the story. Seinfeld, I think, was the first show that came along. I was like, fuck that. Let's just have a funny scene. Cheers had some of that too. So Cheers and Seinfeld, I feel like. I can't remember or recall too many other ones. And I love that. And, and seeing it in movies sometimes is cool too. But this show, it's always Seinfeld. Philadelphia has that. This show is Shorzy, it's called. And same with Letter Kenny. They will just have parts that are just funny. It's like not everything has to drive the story. Why can't we just have a couple people interacting with each other in a funny way? where that's nothing about that ever comes up again and it's great and some people would read the script and be like all these characters are too similar see they're breaking all kinds of rules but i think nowadays the best shows are the ones breaking the rules because why the fuck are we even rules right it's supposed to be art right isn't it movies television comedy drama whatever it's all supposed to be art so if it's good that's all that matters you don't need to follow some fucking book that some dickhead wrote 35, 40 years ago because he couldn't sell screenplay himself. That's the kicker on top of it, too. With the exception of, like, I think the Sid Fields books from back in the day, maybe that guy. The big book, Save the Cat. I mean, look, it's a good book. It's a good basic book to read if you want to get into screenplay writing. But one of the big books of the last 20 to 25 years in screenplay writing is a book called Save the Cat. I think the whole idea is like, you know, the hero has to do this and every lead character is a hero in his own sense and blah, 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 and follow this formula. And when you read these books, you start to watch movies and you notice 10 minutes in always something happens and then 25 minute mark something really, we really launch in the story. Like the 10 minute mark might be like, ooh, we're faced with a little bit of a dilemma here. And then the next 15 minutes or so is some debate about whether or not we're going to pursue or what's going to happen. And then by the 25 minute mark, it's like, all right, let's go, you know? And then the next... 25 to page just 25 to 50 55 it's kind of like some fun and games part where it's just we're setting up the story but it's we could be a little bit crazier at this time and then at the midpoint that's when you really got to turn the story around and then by the another quarter into it that's when it's almost like the hero is about to win but then he loses or we think he's going to lose the all is lost moment you know, I was talking about the movie Tommy Boy recently, great comedy. The all is lost moment there is when he thinks he sells the brake pads, but then it turns out the order didn't go through. So the brake pads isn't going to happen and they're going to sell the company. So he thought he won and then he didn't. So it's this all's lost moment where it's like, all right, I failed. I can't do this. And then someone's like, nah, man, let's go. And then it's like, you're right. Let's fucking go. And then they figure out a way to win. That's so many movies. And I'm not saying it's a bad formula. It's not. But I like that I'm seeing more and more things in television and in movies where it's like, let's test the limits a little bit here. Let's, I mean, again, as long as it's good, it could be, you have to be, 
I mean, you want story, of course, but let's not be married to every so often this needs to happen. Every so often that needs to happen. And I just, just, I, I like, I like, let's, let's be a little different. Let's be a little bit different, right? Let's find some fun. And, and again, sometimes um, the show, though, I was really laughing at one scene because one scene had nothing to do with anything. I'll, I'll spoil this one scene for you guys. Uh, it's like episode two or three. Uh, they play for a hockey team. This is where it's a little unoriginal because it's almost like the movie Slapshot. Great movie. I have it on the shelf right behind me. It stars Paul Newman, came out late 70s. They're a minor league hockey team or independent league hockey team and you know, kind of like a industrial town. And the team's not selling tickets, and they're worried the owner's going to sell, and then whoever buys it's going to fold the team, and they're all going to be out of a job. So the hockey players start fighting people to start selling more tickets to save the team. That's where the comedy ensues, right? This show, similar. This team has lost 20 games in a row, and the, it's owned by this woman who inherited from her family, and the, the, the team used to mean something to this town in, in Canada. Sudbury is the town. And the joke is that Sudbury has an unbelievably amount of hot women for being a small town. It's kind of funny how they reference that. And uh, and the guy, Shorzy, is like the one guy on the team that he's like the better player on the team. And he's just a fucking, he's like the dirtiest player in the league type of thing. He talks so much shit, right? This one guy, Sanguinette, is like becomes the coach and he just be shut the fuck up, Sanguinette, every time he talks. And uh, so the one scene, they get these four new guys that he brings in, these four veterans uh, that are good. So they're like, they're, he's bringing them back into this team and all that. And they're all hanging out at the apartment after they pick him up from the airport. And one guy's like, oh, shit, I didn't call my mom. And he's like, what do you mean you call your mom? He's like, he's like, you just got off a plane, you didn't call your mom? And then it cuts to him talking on the phone. He's like, hey, these hot jets must fly on planes all the time where they forget to call their parents let them know they safely landed. And just, and I'm not even doing it justice because he's got this fucking hilarious Canadian accent and, the, and just the fucking rhythm of the way he speaks. Ah, God, Shorzy on Hulu. That's my recommendation for y'all. All right. Um, on sad news, though, holy fuck. I feel like I need to mention this. It'd be crazy if I didn't. During the Buffalo Bills, um, Buffalo Bills played the who they play. I'm sorry, I should get this right. It was the Bills versus. Sorry, this is bad podcasting right here. Um, I didn't even have the yeah, Bills versus Bengals. Thank you. It was on the tip of my tongue. Um, Demar Hamlin, uh, a player for the fucking Bills, man. Um, he gets banged up badly. So this game was. 7-3, and what quarter was it? Um, Let me rephrase it. He get banged up badly. It was a weird play. Watch the video. If you haven't yet, by the time you listen to this, it's going to be all over the place. I'm giving you old news here. That's one thing. You can't really do breaking news unless you're live. So it was first quarter, and um, he got hit, like, in the chest. Tell me when it was chest, but he gets up fine, but then there's, like, a brief second where he's standing there, and then he just goes right back out. Like, the lights went out. They had to do CPR and even had to do the thing where they like, you know, uh, I'm not trying to make light of it, but I forget what it's called. Um, the, you know, the defibrillator where that's like clear that thing. Um, again, I feel like I'm trying to be fun. I'm not trying to be funny here. It's just, that's what I forget the name of it. Defibrillator, right? Is that it? Scary as hell moment. And here's where the NFL is horrible. Um, look, it's entertaining and all that. I like the sport of football a lot. American football is great. Um, but the, the Goodell, the commissioner and the way the league does shit, not great. It's not right. They don't give a fuck about their players. They're just numbers to them. And so all these players are seeing one of their own 
you know, their teammate and even the guys on the other team, they don't really hate their teammates. This isn't high school football where it's like, well, this guy asked out my girlfriend. I want to fucking kill him. No, this is, you know, most pros get along with each other. I mean, there might be a few here. There was a guy that has a dick, but when they see one of their own on the ground and they are trying to give him CPR because he's not breathing, which means he could die. That's scary as shit to them because that's, again, that's their friend. That's their colleague. That's one of their own. That's a brotherhood. And that's terrifying for them. You know what I mean? And for the NFL, apparently this is what has been going around the internet. The NFL said to the coaches, all right, another five minutes or so. I mean, another five minutes, and then we're going to resume play. And both the coaches were like, fuck off. Took their teams off the field as an ambulance comes in. And then the ambulance was waiting to find his mom who was in the stands. How horrifying is that for her, for his entire family? So my heart goes out to his entire family. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. He is last I checked in critical condition. Um, I hope, you know, this podcast I'm putting up, I don't know what the answer is. Um, that's why it's always a little dicey to talk about something like this. I'm recording this Monday night, 10 o'clock Chicago time. You might be listening to this on your drive to work Tuesday morning and you'll know more than I, what I'm saying right now. But that's, uh, that's one of those moments where it's like, who cares about this game? Who cares? Why? This is someone's life. Someone's life's at stake. Um, and I really, it's just one of those things where it's like, my God, man, who, whoever said five minutes and then they resume play needs to be outed. They do. You need, I don't like the idea of you holding a job that like that. Um, I'm not normally in favor of being like, this person said this and therefore they need to lose their job. People make mistakes and stuff, but this, that's colossal. That's a colossal. That's your, you're dead inside as a person. And you shouldn't be in a position like this. I, I don't know who's in charge of that. I don't know if it's Goodell, uh, but that's that's a fucked up thing. You know, they at least give it more time too. Um, but the, the immediate conclusion should have been get everyone off the field. We'll we'll resume play when we can resume play. This someone's life's at stake here. Football is the last thing on anyone's mind. We're the NFL. We're worth a hundred billion dollars. I mean, I'm exaggerating, of course, but like. We could gladly refund everyone's ticket. The fans will understand most of them. And the ones who don't, who gives a shit what they think anyway. Um, but yeah, that's 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 fucked. That is fucked to be like five more minutes. Like like they're at a rented gym and someone else needs to come in and practice after them. Like what the five more fuck? I would have just been like, dude, if, I, if I'm the coaches on that, maybe they're out there doing it right now. I haven't been watching the coverage or anything, but maybe the head coaches of the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals are in front of microphones right now saying that made me sick. For the first time in my career, I was embarrassed to be part of this league for them to think that we should go right back out there and play after witnessing something like that. Plus, the players are going to be totally not thinking of anything else. So that's going to risk more injury to people. It's a dangerous game. These guys know what they signed up for and all that kind of stuff. Um, but still, it's 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 someone's life, you know. Um, I know I try to keep this as positive as hell and, and try to, you know, but like when, when major shit happens, it'd be crazy not to address it. And uh yeah, fuck man, I hope I hope he's okay. I really do. So thoughts and prayers go out to Damar Hamlin's man. Hamlin, um, Damar Hamlin, sorry, I didn't mean to say Hamlin's. Um and normally I'm not a big fan of thoughts and prayers because it's like that's nothing, but you know. In this case, that's all you can do uh, is, is thoughts and prayers. It's not like, I guess I only hate thoughts and prayers when like people in the positions of power say it. Cause it's like, you actually could do something. You actually could take action. 
um, about that. So I hope, you know, I'm going to refresh right now just to see if I could get any update on the story. Um, here's a nice thing. Here's something positive. He does a toy drive where his GoFundMe um, has been verified. I guess he originally only tried to re to it's a GoFundMe for uh, kids, you know, poor kids getting toys around Christmas. And I guess his only goal was to make like 3000 or something like that. I think that's the number I just saw. And it's over 900,000 right now. So people are doing uh, good things in his honor, which is nice. Um, but damn, man, I really hope he's all right. Yeah, that's a scary, scary moment. Um, shit. All right. Well, yeah, you guys will know more about it. Also, Jeremy Renner is in critical but stable condition. Uh, Jeremy Renner, as we all know, is Hawkeye in the Avengers series. He is, um, he has been in a million movies and a good actor. I'm a fan of his work. I, there's not too many things I've seen him in where I'm like, oh, great, Jeremy Renner's in it. And regardless, even if he wasn't a good actor, this is still another person's life. So hopefully um, he's okay. I guess it was a snowplow accident. I don't know the details there. I know something with his chest as well. And there was another report about his leg, but I'm thinking maybe that was a false report. And that shows you, man, over over the weird break between Christmas and this is before Christmas, this went around. It's a thing on TikTok um, where it was people were doing a joke where they were filming a reaction where they would say to someone, oh, this celebrity died, but they didn't really die just to get someone's reaction. That's fucked up. You know, I don't like these prank videos. And I know people are like, ooh, maybe it'll be hilarious and I'll get a lot of likes and views. But I mean, come on. <sighs> Again, it's that goddamn double-edged sword of the internet as its creation is is that it's this thing where there's been a lot of good from it but then sometimes i'm just like i feel like the bad maybe's outweighed the good where it's desensitizing ourselves so much to the point where i'm gonna have i'm gonna have, i'm gonna talk about um that sounded like a glitch the way i stuttered there i'm gonna have uh an episode where i talk about ai because i got together with a buddy of mine and he was telling me about this one website and he goes, just say this into the website or like type this up. And then it gave me like a, it was scary. You know what I mean? Like this AI could, it's, and, and part of him was like, isn't that great? Cause you'll be able to, uh, you know, create stuff faster. Cause the AI will give you ideas. And I'm like, yeah. And then eventually the AI is going to push us out. I just think, I almost wonder if maybe it's happened. Maybe there's been a point in human history where a new piece of technology came along that was really, really great. And the person who created it took a second and thought, no, nope, destroy. I this will not. This is gonna have bad side effects. Uh, I really think this is not. This is not where we need to be. I don't think this is gonna make anything better. I mean, it might be cool initially, but I almost wonder if that's the case. Um, because yeah, I don't know. I'm talking to you guys on a podcast, which is very great technology, and I'm thankful you guys are listening to this on your phone or on your computer, or whatever. Maybe you're working out. There's like great things there. I love that. But then I just think about all of the bad things that we do as a society where it's like teenage suicide being up from cyberbullying or like um hate groups being able to get together or you know people spreading propaganda and people being desensitized to how to be a good decent human being and it's it's a lot it is a lot fuck it's a lot <laughs> all right that's been enough for me for this podcast again this is the joe kilgallen podcast i should have started off with some thank yous uh, so big shout out to the Patreon subscribers, all the YouTube subscribers, TikTok, baby. How about it? Got a lot of nice little bump. I had a video go viral over Christmas break. Um, so check that out. Now I got a video that's got about 
four, almost 500,000 views now. Got me um, up over the 50,000 hump. I had been at 49,000, even like 48,5 for so long. And this video's gave me like another 1,200, 1,500 followers. So I'm about 51,000 something right now, which is nice. It's nice. N numbers don't matter. What matters is putting out good work. But there is something about being 49,000 just didn't feel great. How many followers do you have? 49,000. Oh, okay. How many followers do you have? 50,000. Or I'm not even going to say the number's 51. 5,000 now, but like when someone asked me like, oh, how many followers do you have on TikTok? I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, about a little over 50,000. I'll just say a little over 50,000. That sounds cool. You know what I mean? So looking forward to that. All right, let's have ourselves a great 2023. Um, easing into the year. Don't beat yourself up if you didn't get started on some of the goals you have. Try to be goal-driven. Try to change um, mindset. If you do that, I think the rest of what you want to accomplish will fall into place. I don't think you have to be like, I need to go to the gym exactly five times a week because the first week you go three times, you're going to beat yourself up. Say to yourself, I want to get in the habit of being healthier. I want to get in the habit of being more fit. I want to read more. Just do things like that, but don't put numbers on it. I think that's when you set yourself up to fail. Just my two cents. What the fuck do I know after all? I'm just a stand-up comedian. All right. I love you guys. You're the best. And as always, cheers.